But I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think this KD saga is getting kind of old. To be completely it is getting kind of old. I, I, but we do have some good NBA stuff. Thank you. Thanks to uh, Andre Iguodala and Shaq for putting out some nonsense out there uh, that we'll get to in the in, later in the show. Um, but uh, we got it coming here. Uh, so the first time for the first segment, boys. Drafts are around the corner. Fantasy football is in full gear. Dynasty drafts are happening, which, you know, we're in a dynasty draft, um, which I'm going to just run roughshod over everybody. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, Sam and I's team is just going to just destroy the league. Sorry to, sorry to say that, Josh, but we're just going to absolutely destroy you. So we're going to destroy everybody. Obliterate. Obliterate. Our team's unstoppable. Josh, are you, are you, it's very quiet, Josh and Joe. Yeah, I'm here. I'll put on mute. <laughs> can you hear me? But, all right, let's. Yeah, we can hear you now. Let me just. Okay. Uh, I, what I'm going to say. Let's let's start off with some fantasy football talk, guys. All right. So. Wh- I want to know. We kind of did this. We 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 talked about bust guys and we talked about sleepers, which is fine. Oh, Josh dropped. So while he dials back in. Sam or Joe, Sam, who are some players that you're selling this year? Like guys that you're probably not going to – you're either not going to draft or if you do draft them, you're going to draft them later than you would. Paquan Barkley is definitely uh, on that list, like a late a late yeah. pick, you know, later pick. Um, you're not draft list at all. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I would rather – in my standard league – Having a starting running back um, is still worth more than, you know, having a handcuff or a backup or something of that sort. So running backs, are they, they're very scarce in our league. So, you know, that would be one person I would target. Like, you know, if he does end up doing somewhat well, you can sell him at that point, right? Get whatever you can from him. But you also have guys like, I don't know, I, I'm not buying the hype on, buy, on, on Justin Jefferson being so high, you know? Everyone's really kind of touting Jefferson Adams. I don't know. I have a feeling that that Kirk Cousins is at the end of his rope. You know. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll, I'll say another one from Minnesota that I don't think is going to do well is Dalvin Cook. Oh, new really? Quarter, yeah. New coach. I would say no new way. coach, and then I mean Mike Zimmer was the type of coach that liked to run the ball. This other yeah. coach coming in and his offense coordinator, they might not like you running the ball as much as throwing the ball. But, so. but, but basically, based on what they're saying, is they're saying they're going to get him more opportunities via the passing, you know, and make it, you know, have him line up in the slot on certain plays. You know, it, they're going to get creative with him. So, I, Josh, I can't wholeheartedly agree that Dalvin Cook is on the slide, but, see, I mean, Christian McCaffrey – I don't think he's, I don't think he's on the slide, but I'm just saying that could be one to watch. Okay, so you're because selling, he he does selling. get injured. I, I get the I get the Christian McCaffrey sell. McCaffrey hasn't proven he can stay healthy. Um, they don't have a quarterback in Carolina, so a lot of focus would be. I I mean, for that matter, it makes DJ Moore kind of a sell, right? Because when you don't, I have, agree. Yeah, I mean, any receiver that doesn't have consistent quarterback plays probably, and still garnering receptions and yardage and touchdowns, that's definitely a sell. Um, here's the guy I'm selling. And I, 
I know I've seen him going as high as the second round in redraft leagues, and I've seen him going as high as the third, fourth round in dynasty leagues. But I'm selling David Montgomery this year. A new head coach in Chicago. Um, last year, he failed to rush for 1,000 yards. Even though he only played, he missed four games, fine. But in 13 games, he had 849 yards rushing. He averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Justin Fields is a mobile quarterback. To me, I feel like Justin Fields is going to get a lot of red zone looks on on QB options and zone reads. Uh, and they're going to try to use his legs and mobility similar to what we see with Lamar Jackson. I, I, I Montgomery is a plotting running back. Uh, I, I feel like, and I think some of those running backs. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but I think some of those running backs need really good wide receivers to kind of open up their game for them. Yeah, and, and exactly. Chicago, Chicago has Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Belu, uh, Belvis Jones, or whatever his name is out of Tennessee. And, and like, I'm sorry, Darnell Mooney is a nice, nice receiver, guys. Right? Like, if Darnell Mooney is your third best wide second or third best wide receiver on your team, you're pretty good. But if he's your number one, I'm not buying it. I'm just not. Like, like there's a lot of – fuck, P. Higgins is a better wide receiver than Darnell Mooney, and he's the Bengals' second best wide receiver. And I think we kind of – we touched on this earlier. Like, that's what allowed Mixon to have a little bit more run, room to run is because now you have Chase and Higgins to worry about, you know, as, as receivers. It, a guy like Mixon was kind of – you know, methodical. You know, his first couple of years in the league as well. He wasn't great. He had a he had a he couple of good seasons, a couple of good seasons, and he had a couple of bad seasons. Yeah, I mean, but he still hasn't been great, right? Compared comparatively, right? To the Correct. We looked at the other day. Now, now he's got an offensive line, and now there's the receivers there in Cincinnati to take the pressure off. So I think Mixon this year has a big year. I think he's primed for a pretty big uh, year this year. I don't know. I think I think Mixon's going to be just about the same as this year. I think that okay. passing game is just going to continue to open up. I think Jamar Chase has a huge year. I'd say he gets okay. close to seventeen hundred yards. Um, I think uh, I think they they have three one thousand yard receivers this year. Burrow's like, going to light it up. Now with that offensive line being able to protect him, he's he's not coming off a knee injury that kind of hurt him for the first four to six weeks of the season. So I think he's going to come out and he's going to light it up. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. So staying in fantasy here, um, what QB, and I, my gut tells me that we're all going to have the same pick here, but I'm just curious to see what you guys think. What QB currently being drafted as a top 10 quarterback will fail to finish in the top 10 for QB? So, like, any quarterback that's being taken, I would say, in redraft leagues where it's a one-quarterback league, any quarterback that's going probably in the first five rounds or five to six rounds and in dynasty leagues, especially in the two-quarterback league, if they're going in the first four rounds or so, uh, are guys that are going to finish in the top 10. I'm curious who you guys think that and someone that's consistently been in the top ten uh, for fantasy is going to fall out this year. 
top ten's kind of a wide range, man. You know, um, I would say like top five. The guy that you think, especially in our league, in our league, if you got a quarterback that finishes in the top ten and the rest of your team is pretty strong, you're, you've done. You're usually doing okay. You're usually doing all right. So I, I think in the top ten guys, like if we were just to call it out, right? And let's say last year your top ten would have been Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson was probably drafted as a top ten quarterback, Tyler Murray, Tyler Murray, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, probably Stafford, and then maybe like Burrow. Let's say those were top ten quarterbacks going in to the league. Then maybe if you want to take Burrow out. Um, it was like maybe someone like like Derek Carr or whatever. I'm I'm okay with that. Or if you want to say Russell Wilson instead of Joe Burrow, that's fine too. But out of those guys, I think Rodgers has fallen out of the top ten this year. I mean, yeah, uh, no, he doesn't have a proven so. wide receiver that he's had over the years, right? So he's starting with a brand new bunch. I think he'll be surprised with Rodgers. Oh, really? Uh, expand on that. I, I think he, I think he stays in in the top five quarterback. Just some, just some about him. So you think he's going to find a way, regardless? You know, he'll find a way. He's going to find a way, of, of just what? like uh, a Peyton Manning did, just like a Tom Brady did. I think Rodgers can do the same thing. Uh, the one quarterback that I think is going to fall out is going to be Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, and he coming off that injury. Out. Yeah. What's that? I said he kind of you're still going to draft Lamar Jackson in the top ten. Yeah. Really? So yeah, I, I think, think so. he's going to fall out because I think people have learned how to play him. And he's okay. one year without throwing the ball pretty much. So his passing is going to be horrible to start the season. Okay. Okay. And he's turned up with the Bengals defense being really good, Pittsburgh's defense. Cleveland's defense, he's got some tough games to get through. Okay. Sam, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, that's a that's a safe bet, but the, the problem is that Lamar Jackson will po- probably bolster his argument to be in that top ten because of his rushing. So I think that even as a passer, if he doesn't succeed – He'll somehow find a way to score touchdowns, really. You know, and I don't know. That Baltimore squad is really weird. They have Rashad Bateman as their WR one, which I have zero faith in. You know, um, so it, it's a possibility he may drop out of the top ten, but he might still be in it because of his rushing ability. Okay. Yeah, I think I think with Baltimore's uh, running back being healthy this season. That's going to take a lot of lot of the rushing away from Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins was a beast in college. He started to become a beast for the second half of the season before he got injured. I think he's going to come back strong. So, okay. I think that's going to eliminate a lot of uh, Lamar Jackson's rushing. Okay. All right. So before we go on to segment two, let's let's give some fantasy football hot takes. I am actually boiling with hot takes right now. I got I got a lot of hot takes. Uh, people, if you want to call in, the number is five six 
Uh, Joe, you're pretty quiet over there. Are you just sitting out the uh, fantasy football segment waiting for uh, different stuff to pop up? Oh, I'm listening. Oh. All right. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't want to sound like a, a kind of a, a parrot because, uh, you know, I agree. Like Aaron Rodgers, you know, I definitely think he's kind of the one that's skating that top ten. I agree. He's got the caliber to, you know, to to step in there and and do good things. But is he one of the ones that are up on the list of could I fall below the top ten? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, I got some I got some hot takes fired up, ready to go. My first one is, if you are drafting Cooper Cup in the first round, especially in dynasty leagues, you are overpaying. And let me explain why. Cooper Bullshit. Cup. You say you. Say, no, I agree, Mike. Go ahead. I want to listen to it. Okay. So Cooper Cup is going to turn. 29 years old this year. He turned turned 29, okay? He had his breakout season a year ago, all right? Now you factor in you have a healthy Cam Akers, hopefully. We'll see what happens in training camp. You still have Daryl Henderson there. You just signed Allen Robinson. Uh, You might bring back Odell Beckham Jr. possibly in October if he's healthy. You got some other guys there. But receivers historically start to go downhill after they're at age 29 or after they're 29. Not not all, but if you look at Cooper Cup, if you look at his stats, and if you look at what he did, and you can sit there and say, oh, well, he had Jared Goff those couple of years. He, he finally got a real quarterback in Matthew Stafford. That's fine. But – He's going to have a significant regression in touchdowns. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to go for double digits in touchdowns again. He's not getting 16 touchdowns. He might get like eight. He might get half that this year. I don't think he's going to catch 145 balls, and I don't think he's going to get close to 2,000 yards receiving. What I do think is if you look at his career numbers, he is always around – 85 to 90-plus receptions, and between 950 and 1,100 yards, okay? Now, 2019, he had a nice season. He had 94 catches for 1,161 yards and 10 touchdowns, okay? Then you had the shortened 2020 season – or not shortened, but uh, he he only played in 15 games that year. Uh, He had less than 1,000 yards, and he only had three touchdowns. I think – in my opinion, Cooper Cup in his age 29 season is going to have similar numbers of about, I think he's going to go for about 90 catches. I think he's going to be a little bit over 1,000 yards, like let's say 10, 10 fifths. And I think he's going to have seven or eight touchdowns. That's a great season. It's, it's, a, it's not a bad season. But, it, but it's, not even a, it's not even close to what he did last year. Right. From from production The one thing I'm going to say, Mike, is that, you know, uh, Cooper Cup, let's let's go ahead and put him up since he was – those are pretty historic numbers. Let's put him up to someone like Julio, right, or a, uh, you know, one of the prolific receivers, right? Let's say Michael Thomas. Or Michael Thomas, for that matter, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, 
so Michael Thomas obviously broke the single season uh, receptions, uh, you know, record, right? Um, but these guys, uh, you know, uh, Cooper Cup, he missed his window to have multiple 140, 120, 110 reception years because he's he's 29 now. Yeah. You know, he he could have racked up multiple years like that if it was three, four, five years ago. Sure, sure, like Antonio Brown did. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I, I, I'm going to have to disagree leave. with both of you guys. Okay. I mean, that wasn't so I, a surprise. We knew, we knew you were going to disagree. We knew you were going to, right? Yeah. The, the only reason why I say that is it, statistically, you go back to watch Matthew Stafford. He tends to lean towards one receiver every season. It was Calvin Johnson for a long time. That's all he had. I mean, that guy's a Hall of exactly. Fame. Exactly. He didn't have anybody else. You got, and now, not to mention, listen, Josh, Josh, there are so many more mouths to feed. Allen Robinson's going to want targets, dude. And Robert uh, Woods, Odell Beckham wanted some too, but he didn't, get as much. he didn't get as much. You have Robert Woods no, there. Half Robert the Woods was hurt. Robert Woods missed half the season. They didn't bring Beckham in until mid Exactly. They didn't bring Beckham. If, if Beckham was there all year, I guarantee you he doesn't have the numbers that he has. The promise. That's a problem. I still think he gets over, I think he gets 110 catches. I think he gets double digit touchdowns. Okay. Okay. I don't think he gets I don't think he gets 145 catches. I think he still breaks over 100. And he gets over 1000, he probably gets 12, 1300. And he gets So you're going to tell me over the course of an entire season Odell Beckham Jr is only going to have like 70 receptions? 17 games. I mean, he's going to have 70, 80 receptions. No, Beckham's not going to play the 17 games. Beckham's not going to no, play. No, 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 no. I'm saying based on last year's number, if OBJ was there from game one oh, on the Rams, Cooper Cup would not have the numbers that he'd had. Definitely not. I, I still right, think he would. I, Matthew, Matthew Stafford continued to, to always look Cooper Cup's way. A lot of them games, he did not look towards Odell. Odell was only getting maybe six, seven targets a game. Where Cooper Cup Odell only played like six games, games with them. Odell only played like six games with them. But you got to look so at how many targets. You have someone that's played majority of the season who you've built up a chemistry with, and then you have this wild card that comes in. You're going to tell me if that, if that same person wasn't there for 17 games that wouldn't eat into Cooper Cup's production? That's wild, man. So let me, let me ask you a question. Look, look at OBJ's numbers. Look at OBJ's numbers well, and then and then uh, project that across 17 games, and, and that'll tell you how much it'll take away from Google. So, so tell me this. Tell me this. So why did Jamar Chase have a better season than T. Higgins? Dude, Jamar Chase, you have to understand, he mo- he broke off multiple 70-yard touchdowns. He has game-breaking I, speed. I understand. The reason why he's better is because he's able to do that in less receptions. Look at the number of receptions Jamar Chase had. It's not that much. More it's not wild like 145. It's not even 120. But when but when a quarterback has chemistry with one receiver, like Joe Burrow did with Jamar Chase, he's going to continue to look that way. That's what I'm saying. Matthew Stafford is going to always Bro, look. So NFL defenses are not, they're they're not, they're not kindergarten. They're not, you know, preschool. These are not preschool NFL defenses, right? So you're not going to get the same looks you're gonna, you had last year. So you can keep looking that direction, but they're going to find – they're going to force Stafford to go elsewhere this year. Guys, real quick, I just want to point this out. All right, because it speaks to both your points. Josh pointed to Jamar Chase and the season he had that was a better season than T. Higgins. Jamar Chase 
was targeted 128 times. He had 81 catches for 1,455 yards and 13 touchdowns. So he averaged 18 yards per catch. T. Higgins was targeted 110 times. He had 74 catches for 1,091 yards, six touchdowns. So to Sam's point, their receptions were very close along with their targets. But because Chase has game-breaking speed, he was able to do more with it than T. Higgins. 14.7 14.7 yards per catch for T. Higgins is not bad whatsoever, uh, whatsoever. But he was able to – T. Higgins was able to take, like, a slant route and go 65 yards for it, whereas Higgins is more of a big uh, – th- think of it this way. Jamar Chase is like if you had someone along the lines of, like, a Randy Moss, okay? Someone – a game-breaking speed – Big time. Take the Good hands. Yeah. T. Higgins is more Focus. like an Bolden. T. Higgins is like an Anquan Bolden. A, pos- a possession guy, really. Really, a if you think of it. A big, physical, really good receiver. A, a Brandon Marshall, an Anquan Bolden. He's, T. Higgins is not going to take the top off, but if you, if you need a first-down conversion on third and four, who are you going to look for? You're going to look for T. Higgins. Higgins. Over the middle somewhere. Because he's got hey, a now you look brand. for Tyler Boyd, buddy. Come on. For TV I mean, that's another that's another element into the mix, you know. Yeah. I, 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 again, you know, we can always. This is the whole point of having this conversation, right? We agree to disagree. Oh, exactly. But I think Cooper Cup will definitely have a regression, depending on how well Allen Robinson plays, how well the run game works, and you know, if Robert Woods is, you know, half of what he was before. Because again, Robert Woods it was yeah, able Robert to stretch the field for them he's at one point too. Woods is gone. He's not playing. Robert oh, he's Woods gone. Is gone. Okay. He's in Oh, you still got Van Jefferson stretch the field. He had a multiple 50-yarders last year, too. Van Jefferson, you got the tight end, uh, you know, Higby. Higby. Yeah, I, I just think I, – I, I, that's my hot take. So, I'm kind of curious before we move on. I, I want to hear some of your guys' fantasy football hot takes before we move on. So, I, I have a hot take for Seattle. So, uh, they, they just came out with a report saying that Rashad Penny can see up to 20 carries a game with Chris Carson still not healthy, and then the remaining will go to Kenneth Walker. I I see Walker taking the job in the first two games. I see, like, a putrid, like, a 3.1 YPC from Penny in the first yeah. two games, and then Walker rips off a 50-yard or a 40-yard before you know it. Within three or four games, Walker has a job. Okay. Okay. Anybody else want to throw out a – Super hot, boiling hot take there. Don't underestimate. Carolina makes the playoff with Baker Mayfield. Oh, damn. (laughs) Joe, if that comes true, you can come over here and slap me in the face yourself. All right? If Carolina makes the playoff. You you heard it here first. Don't put put that in Joe's mouth. (laughs) That was Josh. No, oh, that no, was me, Josh. Really. All right, sorry, Josh. But damn, you know what, Sam? You're right. You can't tell. You can't them tell. Part. You can't. sometimes Joe and Josh, I can't tell who's who. All right, you guys the like over there. You guys over the air. You guys, your voices are even similar. Josh, if Carolina makes the playoffs, you can come over here and slap me. We'll record it. We'll put it up on Twitter. Well, here's the thing, Louis. You're bad at taking the bets because the last time you made a bet with somebody that we know that's. Uh, What's his name? Bigfoot on our show, Tommy. 
Uh, you didn't follow through with He who with, shall uh, not be named. The L. Oh, wait, is that the dyeing the hair blonde thing? Because you know Tommy never paid up on his steak dinner to me. So Tommy reneged on his steak dinner. He never took me out for my steak dinner that I won. So I'm not going to follow through on a bet till my comeuppance has been secured, okay? So Tommy, that, that one falls on Tommy for that bet because he should have taken me out to my steak dinner. So, so I, I never I, knew about that bet. The only one I knew about was Nebraska getting our ass flipped by Ohio State and you were supposed to dye your hair blonde after, yeah. after the W. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's update now our most annoying sports podcaster, our sports uh, media personality bracket. We're going to next, next week will be, the final four. Uh, so, to, to let's start off with the biggest blowout. And the biggest blowout was J.J. Reddick moving on over Emmanuel Acho. J.J. Reddick getting 90% of the votes. That was the biggest blowout. The next biggest blowout, Stephen A. Smith over Paul Feinbaum. 70% of the votes. All right, the next one. Nick Wright going over Desmond Howard with just 60% of the votes. I was a lot closer. I was a lot closer. I thought it was going to be. That's close. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be that close for that. Yeah. And then our most narrow margin of victory, Skip Bayless goes over Colin Cowherd with 54% of the votes. Wow, that's a whole lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So our final four, Nick Wright, J.J. Reddick, Stephen A. Smith, and Skip Bayless. He called it. We knew that was going to be the final four. We knew that would be the final four. Yeah, right? I mean, they're all obnoxious in their own right, but, yeah. Nick Wright, I'm calling a Nick Wright, Skip Bayless final, though. That's I, I think it's good. Ooh, okay. I, I thought maybe Stephen A. might have take, might might be able to find a way to squeeze in, but they're on the same side, aren't they? Yeah, so Stephen Okay, so that's not going to happen. Stephen A. Smith has to get by Skip Bayless. Nick Wright's matched up against J.J. Reddick for the chance to go to the finals. Yeah, I, yeah, I, so I think, think Nick Wright's going to be top one. I don't know. Skip Bayless and Stephen A., that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'll, Stephen A. takes it, man. I don't know. 51-49. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Stephen A. takes it, man. What do we do with the tie? Oof. What if they – we've not never seen it before. Who's so Run it again? I don't know. Vote? Run it until the Monday show. Vote. Take a, few, take okay. a couple extra days. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe keep it up on the poll a little bit longer. Okay. Good ideas. All right. Let's start with this. You know, I was going to open up with DeAndre Ayton talk, but really that doesn't move the needle as much as these other two, and we'll get to DeAndre Ayton in a second. Andre Iguodala was on a podcast. I don't remember which one, but I read about this. He's officially Iggy. lost it after winning this, his last ring. Okay. Iggy said that if Rasheed Wallace played in today's game, he'd be a top three power forward in the league, and he would be better than Giannis. How do we feel Who about that? Who did he say would be completely out of his mind. <laughs> Rasheed Wallace. Andre Iguodala said that if Rasheed Wallace played today in today's game, because he's an underrated player, that he would be better. He would be be 
better than Giannis. Dude, I mean, I, I get he what? he he coined Sam? the moniker the ball ball don't lie, but like I'm telling you, man, there's no chance in hell. The guy Sam? averaged 14 points across his entire career. It's not happening. Sam, I got a question for you. What weed were you, were you selling, Andre? Um, it was, it was my newest strain called uh, Fuck Your Mind. It was called Fuck Your Mind. Yep. That must have been some good bud. Yeah, Andre was definitely smoking on something, bro, for sure, Josh. You nailed it. Yeah, I mean, Rasheed Wallace better than Young. Absolutely not. You get to the rim. He was a bigger dude, you know, he was about 200. Yo, listen, I would understand if he said, like, Kevin Garnett or something, like primetime MVP 1995 Kevin Garnett. I would be like, okay, fine, maybe I'll entertain a little bit of that, you know? But Rasheed yeah. fucking Wallace? Garnett's already better. Garnett is better than Giannis. No, no, I know. I'm just saying that when you look at, like, the possibility, because Giannis is still young, he has still a lot of time left, right? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that he may – overshoot KG's trajectory, you know, as far as career goes. Okay. Right, I'll, yeah, I mean, I, I always thought Rasheed Wallace was that mid-type player. He was good, but just never a big-name star. Like, I loved when him he, and he Ben had Wallace... All, he had all the intangibles, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, He had, like, a bunch of intangibles. Never that Shit out. he did to change a possession. He did, yeah. You guys are right about that. Yeah, that's that's probably so, uh, what took a couple of years off of uh, LeBron, too. Yeah. You know what's interesting is this, though. All right. Draymond Green gets a lot of hype for the Hall of Fame. They A lot of people, if you ask them, they're like, oh, yeah, Dre, Dre's a lock for the Hall of Fame. He's He does a lot of things that a lot of guys don't do. He does the dirty work. He plays in a day and age where defense isn't valued. Defense, if you happen to play halfway decent defense, you're automatically in the running for an all-defensive team because nobody fucking plays defense anymore. Draymond Green's a four-time all-star. You can say he won four championships. Well, Robert Ory won seven fucking championships, and Robert Ory's nowhere near the Hall of Fame. Draymond Green... Big shot Bob, baby. Big shot Bob. Draymond Green has made a total of seven defensive, all defensive teams. Okay? But he's been a four-time all-star. So I would like to know if you guys think, is Draymond Green really that good? Like, if you pop- No, absolutely not. If they were saying some shit like Dwight Howard deserves to be in the hall, yes, I could see that. Yeah. Definitive. I could see that definitive statement four-time defensive player of the year you know winner um was it three or four like i think four times yeah so i mean a guy like dwight howard deserves a shot there but draymond green get the hell out of here he he won one all right, all right. he's got the rings he was on a team with steph curry for the love of god and kevin durant and kevin freaking durant clay thompson all those guys like he played on a loaded squad from rookie season till now Always. Draymond makes the Hall of Fame. I'm calling it. Why? They let anybody shit, into though. the Hall of Fame anymore. That's such shit, though. I it really degrades the, the, the process of, like, what kind of caliber of people get into the Hall. This is supposed to be the creme de la creme of, of NBA basketball, right? He doesn't make the cut at all, bro. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, I agree with so, you. I mean, it's it's the same thing around different leagues. You look at baseball, there's a lot of players that are just okay that are making the Hall of Fame just because they had a couple good seasons. Same thing with football. The, hey, did Sean are, Elliott ever make did, – did Sean Elliott make the, the, uh, the Hall of Fame by any chance? Yeah. It's Raymond Green is Sean Elliott, but a power forward. Sean Elliott was a two-time All-Star. But the difference between him, he's going to have four rings – the defensive players, all-star games, and voters are going to look at that. Yeah, but Sean Elliott was known for locking down wings. You know, he was he was a he did a lot of into- intangibles, just like Draymond. You know, they compare Draymond to Dennis Rodman is the biggest. Rodman, because Rodman only made a handful of all-star teams. He was two-time defensive player of the year, and he made eight all-defensive teams. But the dude like, averaged Rodman, 16 rebounds a game for an entire season, my man. dude. He led the year, year after year. He led the league in rebounding. Unfortunately, though, that's who they compare Draymond to. They say he's this generation's Dennis Rodman. But here's what I'll say to that: Dennis Rodman, at power forward in the heyday, had to go up against Karl Malone. Had to go up against Charles Barkley. He had to go Hakeem Olajuwon. A lot of big boys. He had Elijah. to battle. Olajuwon was the center. That was Bill Laimbeer. No, but when they went on small ball lineup, when they threw Dennis into the five, and they went, that was their small ball. When they threw Dennis in, and he did. He played small. He played five before. He's played the five before. Well, Draymond also plays the five, but he's not going up against big-time centers anymore. Let's, let's you, can see, you can watch an entire quarter of, of Dennis Rodman, you know, bodying up primetime Shaquille O'Neal on the Lakers. Yeah. He, and it happens the entire quarter, bro. He did it. Uh, if you watch that Magic series, when the, when the Bulls swept the Magic, he, he gave Shaq fifth. And he gave Carl Malone fits in the finals. Yep. And I, I don't think Draymond – I don't think – Draymond's Draymond, not even close in my opinion, man. Not to Dennis Rodman. I'm sorry. Dennis Rodman, you know, he, he – like I said, the rebounds, it, that just gives your team that many more opportunities you don't understand. Like, that's that's a, a, a huge stat, you know, that, that the fact that the guy averaged that many rebounds a game, you know. He had a 30-rebound game, bro. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think I think they are onto something with Draymond Green being the Dennis Rodman of this era, just for the fact that Dennis Rodman also talked a bunch of shit to a lot of players, and it always got in their head. And Draymond is just the same way as that. I don't think it's physicality. He's nowhere near uh, Dennis Rodman, but as far as the the mind games, the mental games of the game, absolutely. Good stuff. Um, let's see here. Last thing I want to talk about, and we'll touch briefly on the DeAndre Ayton deal. But Shaq had said on a podcast, and he, he he's – some people call him like a hater because he's hating on some of these guys getting all these big contracts. But I, I, I have to tend to agree. When Contavious Caldwell Pope is signing two-year deals for $30 million, it's a little fucking ridiculous. But Shaq said if he was dropped in today's game, he would dominate every center, and he would average 40 points a game. And I don't agree with him, only because, not because I don't think he could dominate today's centers, but because the game has shifted to the perimeter. But see, the thing is, you don't. You also forget, if he was dropped in today's game, 18-year-old Shaq is also prepping the way the new generation preps, uh, you know, focusing on footwork, focusing on a jump shot. He'd be, he would be learning a jump shot in high school if he was in today's world, no. right? That's not what he's saying. I'm not saying 
you're dropping eighteen year old Shaq coming out of high school to learn these things. I'm talking prime Shaq with the Lakers. He's saying like he goes into a time machine and he's all of a sudden playing in today's league. That he would sit there. Yeah, no, I don't see that happening. He can't camp in the paint like that anymore. People are going to draw him out. Defenses are going to just draw him out on a stretch five. That, you know, yeah. Physically, I think he would dominate a lot of the centers. I don't think. But I don't think he would average forty. Right. Yeah, because I don't think Gobert is guarding him. Right. It's like it's like I I feel like Shaq though would be like a twenty-two and ten guy. He would definitely be an all-star, right? He would definitely be an all-star, I think. And yeah, twenty-two and ten. And then he would, he'd, again, very athletic Shaq, so he probably might be even averaging, like, one or two blocks a game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, are, would, the, would today's game be uh, doing hockey Shaq? The whole game? Probably. It's so, so th- that's the beauty about it. If, even if he took primetime Shaq and he took today's game, I think today's sports science, sports medicine, all that thing, all that stuff put together, they would have found a way for Shaq to make it work, man. You know? They would have found a way to, yeah, I, I completely to agree with Sam on that one. maximize maximize his potential. Okay. I mean, I, I, they I made, think they made DeAndre Jordan the who, who shot like – Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm saying they, they, DeAndre Jordan was shooting like 35 40% from the free throw line. They would found a way to get him up to like almost 70 68%. That's huge for someone like him. Andre Drummond, same thing. He sucked, yeah. bro. They found a way. They found a way. They found a way. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think he dominates all the centers. I don't think there's one center in today's game that would be able to stop him. Yeah, nobody could body him up. I don't even think Embiid can body him, man. I'm sorry. No, I don't think Embiid. I don't think Embiid could body him. I think the probably one of the stronger post guys would still struggle. Like a, like even Giannis, who is a pretty sturdy guy. He's pretty. Strong. No, I would. I mean, see, I think Giannis's thing is his athleticism. You know, that's what makes it also even crazier. He's strong, but I mean, Shaq's just that much bigger. Three hundred fifty, three hundred sixty pound Shaq is going to be eating Dude, Anthony was, Davis in the post. You know, fifty exactly. Never, never, he was never three fifty, man. Yes, he was. No, he was not. Yes, he was, bro. Yes, he was. Yes, look it up. You know what's funny? The last, like, two days I've been watching primetime Shaq videos and primetime Dirk videos. Just because, like, you know, I just wanted to just relive, like, how these guys played. Shaq publicly came out and said, I played a whole year at 350, but was listed at 320, 318. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd buy it. I think he was 320 in his Laker years when he was in his prime. Maybe he was 350 when he went to the Celtics or the Suns and he was at the end of his career. No, 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 no. Lakers, he played at 350, man. I don't know. I don't know if I'd buy that, but we'll see. All right, so DeAndre Ayton heading back to the Suns. The Suns got a steal, let me tell you what, because if they were going to offer him a four-year contract, it was going to be like a one – like they were going to have to pay him like $140 million. If they gave him the max, which was like five years, it was going to be like $190 million. And they get – and then they let the Pacers set the market, so they get him back in four years, $133 million. I think it's a pretty good steal. And if the Suns decide they want to move on from him, they should be at the end of this run. I, I think Chris Paul at most has three seasons left, but more realistically has two seasons left. Suns are going to win. They got to win now. Um, Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, is notoriously cheap. 
But I, I think the Suns got a. Uh, they, I think the Suns got a pretty good deal. I think they got a pretty good steal uh, getting Aiton for four years, one thirty-three. Hey, uh, I kind of almost hey, think Lou. it's like a, a ploy to yeah. get KD there. Yeah. Hey, sorry. I just wanted. I just want to let you guys know. So looking up here, uh, Shaq revealed um, that. So his weight during his uh, championships and present day, so three ninety five thousand with a. I mean, sorry, he weighed three forty five. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So in two thousand he weighed three forty five. Two thousand one, three sixty five. Two thousand two, he weighed three ninety five. And two thousand five, he weighed three twenty five. And he currently weighs three seventy five. Thank you so much, Mr. Producer Joe. Bam! Will you shut up now, Louie? Mike, you going to shut the hell up now or what? No, I'm not going to shut up because I don't Yeah, 345. Go ahead. Tell me someone that played not, the, at 345 with, with, the, with the way that he played, bro. I'm not picking up with hey, you. No one would be able to stop him. That's directly from Shaq himself. Yep, and, and he, he, he publicly said that to NBC Sports, actually. It, was, it wasn't to anybody. It was to NBC. Well, you know what? NBC can take that and shove it up there. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's okay. You're wrong. Hey, you're wrong. Just admit it. Just because you're wrong, Josh, Lou. let him know that he's wrong, bro. Uh, all right. Hey, I'm not what? trying to prove any wrong. I'm just providing facts, folks. Just providing facts. Thank you. Hey, this is America. What? America doesn't provide facts. Come on. <laughs> all right. Let's get on. To uh, we provide um, facts. We just don't check them. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Mike right. Louie. Hey, you shut up. You just uh, put a dollar in the jar now. Jar, jar time, Josh. The dollar. You owe the jar the dollar. Um, I all right, talk. here we go. The Rotten Movie segment of the week, okay? This is a new segment, guys, where we, where I found a movie that's poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. And we are going to decide whether or not it's a fair grade or if it's uh, unfair. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. And we got about 13 minutes left in the show. Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, came out in 1987. It is rated at 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I grew up and watched I, I saw it, too. Now, David Spade made his career, made his start in this movie. I... I don't know how you can give it a zero percent. Now I haven't watched it for a long time, and it's not a classic by any means. But like I can see like a thirty-five or maybe even a forty percent, zero percent. It's not. I mean, it's got to crack like twenty-five at least in my eyes, right? I've seen it too, and and it's still it's still stupid entertainment for that matter, right? Yeah. So that that one was that one was pretty bad. But I, I think there's the one in Moscow was even worse. That should have been a zero percent, not not number four. It is also a zero percent Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Here's the here's the thing with the Police Academy uh, series is once they got to the Police Academy four, they started to go downhill um, big time. I mean, Citizens on Patrol, you got that uh, you know spoiler alert, you got the the weird guy behind the glass and the two guys, hey, boss, uh, what do we do? You know, like, just ridiculous, over-the-top, like, like, no, this, you know, 
And it's a good. Which guy behind the glass, though? Because I remember when they made Bubba Smith dress up like the crazy guy, and they were, like, uh, scaring the rookies in the back of the paddy wagon. And then you had, uh, what's face, the guy that was obsessed with guns. I forget his uh, I forget his name. Uh, Tackleberry. 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 Yeah. Had him with the chainsaw, and they scared the crap out of the out of the rookies. But man, I I don't know, man. I just, I didn't think. I mean, you still got Bobcat Goldswat there. You had a young Sharon Stone in it. That alone is the price of admission. Okay, like I don't know, man. I I I get it. Police Academy as a franchise really went downhill, but Police Academy Four is really not as bad as. It could have been. There's, I've seen worse movies that were unwatchable. Like, I'm a huge Adam Sandler fan, but Jack and Jill was unbearable. And so I think Police Academy oh, Force gets a little bit of a rating here, in my opinion. I, I don't think it deserves a 0%. I can honestly do, I agree with you. It definitely doesn't deserve a 0. Uh, you know, I mean, if you have a sense of humor at all, uh, pretty much Police Academy 1 through 5. Um, you know, at least gives you some laughs. I mean, as silly as it is, uh, you know, that six is when they go to Moscow. That that kind of put it over the top. But yeah. Uh, yeah, any one of them, I mean, come on. You got uh, uh, Bobcat uh, Goldstein. And uh, you know, I mean, I mean come on. I mean, the, the cast was just across the board. I mean, you know, you were going to get some laughs, and then it was 80s humor. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I still think either you love it or you hate it. That's one. I think it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. No, it's definitely – it's definitely – I just – like, I'm not – like I said, I'm not putting it up there with classic movie, okay? I'm not I'm not going to sit there and – I'm not going to sit here and tout it as, as one of the greatest comedy movies of all time. But a zero percent's a little harsh. If it was like a forty percent or even like a fifty percent, I would be like, okay, this isn't, you know, we're not going to rate this. But zero percent's pretty, pretty tough, man. That, that, that's that's But well, let's uh, let me uh, I'll let down here on the studio. Um. All right. So speaking of classic movies, I want to know. What would be your Mount Rushmore of comedy movies? What's on the Mount Rushmore of all-time great comedy? Oh, Tommy, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy's up there. Oh, I don't know. Happy don't Gilmore know, for Tommy. me. Oh, don't argue with me that one. That is a classic. That needs to be up there, uh, memorialized. He is a statue. <laughs> Wait. I mean, I guess I guess it all depends on on when you watch these movies too. So I mean, we grew up what early, late '90s, early 2000s. So yeah, but I I, all right, okay, I I get it. Tommy Boy is a great movie, and and Happy Gilmore is also a great movie. But Mount Rushmore, top four, I I I have Coming to America up there. Coming to America, America but I didn't. I didn't think that was more of a comedy. That just seemed more of a more of a serious type movie. I didn't see it as more of a comedy. Coming to America? 
Yeah, coming to America. I, I, I'd put Dumb and Dumber up there, too, for me. I don't yeah? Know. I, I'd say dumb, American Pie. American Pie, Borat. Oh, God. Not Borat, come on. <laughs> yeah, but, but Borat right, is so, not a top four. It's not, Borat, I, I, wouldn't, I would definitely not put Borat up there. But it's, it's not a top four, but it's... It's pretty damn great. Like, all right, but here real quick. I don't – I want to get – we got seven minutes. We have plenty of time. I want to know how Josh – what category Josh thinks coming to America is. He doesn't put it as a comedy. What is it? <laughs> I mean, I don't I, – I think it's more I, – I, I don't know. It's more that uh, kind of serious type comedy. I don't think it's a full, full straight comedy. Josh, what movie are you watching? Are we talking about the same what? movie? Coming to America 2. That's the one we're talking about, right? Coming to America 2? No. Not the, no, not the, the second one. one. The, the first one. one. The first one. The first one. The original. No, I, I, I know it was the first one. No, I mean, okay. I, I just think Eddie Murphy wanted it a more, kind of a serious but comedy. I mean, he's in America. He's looking for love. It, it, it seems more of like a love story than more of a comedy oh. to me. What are you high? No, no. Yeah. It's, definitely, it's definitely a comedy, bro. It's definitely a comedy, man. I'm sorry. I know it's a comedy, but like I mean, that's just the way I see it. I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. it might, he might have he might have bogarted a couple of nugs, man. Dude, all right. Here's all this Budweiser I've been drinking. We've heard, we've heard Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy's been thrown out there. Sam threw out Dumb and Dumber. We heard, uh, Josh, what did you put? Oh, you put out Happy Gilmore. These are all these are all great ones coming to America, I, but I feel like I don't know if I can put Dumb and Dumber and and like Happy Gilmore on the list. I don't even not top four. Like I feel like we're excluding great like like. All right, um, Lou, Lou, give, yeah. give us your four. Give us your four, Lou. Okay. Right. Since you disagree, go ahead. All right. All right. So I got coming to America. Is one, okay? I got super bad as another one. All right, I got. I have Step Brothers as one, and then for my fourth and final one. Oh God, man! I I love. I love Adam Sandler. He is one of my all-time favorites. Happy Gilmore to me is not is not it, it's such a, it's a great movie but I think that I can't put an Adam Sandler movie in the top four there I, I gotta go I gotta go way back man and you guys are all gonna mock me but this is one of the funniest Probably. comedy movies it was a great comedy duo but stir crazy with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder that movie was hysterical. You had Gene Wilder, you had Richard Pryor, they were wrongfully sent to prison, and like how they're trying to get by. So, so that would be my top four. See, that, it's, it's subjective, because you know what, I would probably put like a Cheech and Chong on that list, too, just because the hell yeah, of it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it is very subjective, but that that's my top four, because uh, I gotta throw Superbad up there. And Step Brothers, I, I've watched it a hundred times, man, that movie still makes me laugh all the fucking time. All right. All right. Uh, here's, here's, here's I, I agree with the stepbrothers. 
I agree with the Step Brothers. Yeah, I, I, really I agree with Step. Really I think that's Step one of the best ones. Um, here, here's another one that we're not thinking. The Hangover, the very yeah, first yeah. one. That yeah, one that was, was great. Yeah. See, but here's the thing, though. Uh, I would argue, like, we're not, we're not talking, like, you know, are these great comedies? Because they are. But, I mean, you're talking about the the Mount Rushmore, like. What floor would go up there that not uh, not only represents the cream of the crop of comedy, right? Or in, so, I in mean, if, if you're going to go a, old school, uh, a high drama, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that's a classic comedy. Almost it everybody is. knows that one. Those the Princess Bride. Yeah, I mean, I, and I love that movie. That movie's awesome. I do too. Monty I love Python and Holy Grail. Yeah, Monty Python. I would put Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, the first one. <laughs> ah, yes, I love that one. That's because you just like to get high. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah. Now that was more of a drama than. Fucking coming to America. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that was a little that bit more serious. Plot. Like, it has an actual died. plot that it has to follow. His buddy yeah. died. He's going out to drug dealers. <laughs> there's uh, right, so, there's something hey, about Mary. Something about Mary. Meet the parents. Oh, dude. Kingpin. Kingpin was another great Oh, be, I love that one, too. Yeah. It would definitely be a challenge to put up the top four to make a Mount Rushmore when it comes to comedies. Because, I mean, you look over the span of years, uh, yeah. I mean, there's been so many good comedies. Now, it is 2022, hey. so uh, about 95% of them are no longer allowed because they'll offend somebody. Exactly. Yeah, but, I think all-time number one, it's been what Monty Python and the Holy Grail, uh, Airplane, Blazing Saddle, Caddyshack, yeah. and Doctor Strange Lover, the top five comedies. If we were if we were to put shows on the list, I'd put like Seinfeld, like Curb Your Enthusiasm, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, things like that, right? Friends. Oh yeah. Friends have to go. Whoa. Peace. All right. So we got about 90 seconds left. I had to mute Josh. I'm sorry, Josh. There's a lot of background noise. It's not coming through very good. So, uh, um, yeah, but I don't know, man. It, it is subjective. It's what everybody's taste is, right? But I, I don't know. That's, that's the great thing about movies is there's going to be certain things that everybody, that people like. But, I, Joe, I will agree with you on this is that, so many movies, and I, I read about it all the time on, like, certain websites, like, oh, this movie can never be made today because it's, it's demeaning towards women or whatever. And I'm just like, for fuck's sake, it's a movie. Like, it's a goddamn movie. It's not supposed to be realistic. Like, what happened? Yeah, what happened for what happened to taking it as art, right? Right. Like, like when Dennis, and it's all of a sudden in Philadelphia, has the Dennis system about how he manipulates women to sleep with them. That is, like... Creepy, borderline psychotic behavior, but it's funny as shit because of the context of the show. Right. Well, even right. I, agree. I mean, even back. I mean, you look at I mean, simple sitcom shows like Married with Children. 
they could never yeah. make that again. No, they could. I mean, the first and episode would have been so many people. Yeah, I think Revenge of the Nerds is another one they probably would never be able to make again. Yeah, Revenge of the Nerds is one. They, they could never make uh, Entourage again. That just that just ended. They just had like the oh no one. way. Yeah, there's no way they can. Well, there's no way they can make that. No. Well, perfect example. Like between all the, between all the, the racial epithets that that Ari spews out at at his assistant. Oh man, yeah. no way, no way. Well, no way. Perfect example. You yeah. brought up Revenge of the Nerds. At the end of Revenge of the Nerds, when uh, the the one of the the lead nerds hooks up with the cheerleader. Uh, you know, yeah. there's actually been articles written that he's not a hero. He's actually a rapist uh, because she <laughs> didn't know who she was hooking up with. It's like, it's a damn movie. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's a shame. They're like kind of like uh, breaking down, deconstructing art as something else. Yeah. 100%. 100%. They did it with The Breakfast Club. They've done it with a bunch of other movies. It's just fucking sad and pathetic. But uh, that is uh, all the time we got. It's a Friday night. Go enjoy your weekend. Everybody have fun. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Thank you, Joe and Josh, for calling in, as always, and contributing. Uh, We will be back on Monday with a big show. We're supposed to have, um, trying to get confirmation, we're supposed to have a guest on Monday, so we might have a little bit longer of a show uh, if I get confirmation. But uh, we'll be back on Monday with all new stuff. Don't uh, tell me the guest is Tommy. No, it's not Tommy. Somebody else. It's an actual NFL agent. So um, we'll have we'll have a guest possibly on Monday. Maybe on Monday we can walk through the pyramid of punishment to see what uh, Josh and I uh, kind of. Uh, Spitballed some punishment. We got to come up with the punishment pyramid. So uh, we'll talk about that for when the Thanks, everybody. Uh, enjoy your Friday. This buzz for you. <laughs> this buzz for you, buddy. When you don't have all this to cover. All this to cover.